Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is an episode with a football editor, Mark Douglas, as we hold a special Q&A. As you can imagine, plenty to talk about that 1-1 draw with Aston Villa, the relegation phase, Steve Bruce's future, and of course, that dreaded word, a takeover. Pop the kettle on, make yourself a brew, and tune in to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello, thanks for tuning in, Andrew Musgrove here. Joined by Mark Douglas. We'll dive straight into that 1-1 game with Aston Villa. Mark, what did you make of last night's performance and results? Uh, another another really tough watch, actually. I thought um, I thought we were lucky to get away with uh, the draw in the end, given, given the way that they conceded. But the biggest frustration for me was the second time in, in less than a week, a really winnable game against opposition not playing particularly well. Uh, and I didn't think Newcastle was set up Right at the start, I know Steve Bruce has talked about this split strikers thing that he's um, that they're trying, and and you know he obviously believes that that's the way to go, and he's not going to di- divert from that. But I think sometimes you have to look at what you've got, and you know maybe maybe change uh, depending on what on what you have got. And they haven't got the three players that they're missing at the moment. There's some maximum Almiron and and um, sorry and Callum Wilson. Three players have come in are very different players. You know, I, I thought Jolinton did quite well for about half an hour, 40 minutes. But again, you know, he's just not the same kind of player as a Callum Wilson or as a St. Maximum as an Almiron. So, you know, I thought it was a, you know, I thought he got the system wrong. Um, but, you know, I suppose credit to them for fighting on at the end. But how much are they going to regret that when they've got the run of games that they're coming up? You know, they, it just feels like at the moment they're doing just enough for there to be no big questions in the eyes of the board anyway about the manager, but maybe not enough at the moment to, to get themselves away from the relegation zone. So massively frustrating. It could have been worse. So I, th- I suppose from that perspective, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better today than I was um, than I was kind of a, a 91 minutes, but still feels like a massive opportunity missed. You mentioned the run of games have got Spurs, Burnley, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City and Leicester to come. I mean, they're just some of the games. I mean, that's, that's, not a good running, and yes, you've got to play everyone at some point. But the past few weeks, especially the last three games, these are the games that Newcastle really should have been targeting, and they've come away with only three points as opposed to six or, or nine. Yeah, and what was frustrating, I think, why there was uh, you know the anger last week after West Brom was the kind of the attitude of well, we we just couldn't get beaten today. That was the most important thing. We 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 couldn't afford to lose. Um, and then you saw Fulham going to, I mean, admittedly, a bit of a free hit against Liverpool, but they've played the same way in a lot of their sort of six-pointers, 10 six-pointers, you saw them come to St James's Park and dominate the game up here as well. And you just wonder whether that attitude is going to work out in the end. I mean, Steve Bruce, you know, he's just so downbeat in the post-match and the, even the pre-match as well, talking about, you know, it's an accumulation of points. It's like, yes, but if you're talking about Picking up a point here and there, that's fine. But at some point, they're going to have to win games. And I've done the our relegation predictor this this afternoon. I've only got them winning one game. But then I looked at, uh, and now I've got them staying up and with a few draws. But then I looked at what I'd done for Brighton. And I was very pessimistic about Brighton. I think I only had them winning under the five points all season. And that was with a point next week, by the way, against Newcastle. So that's the game now, isn't it? That's a huge game. And and, and I think as, as our chief sports writer, Lee Ryder, pointed out to me earlier, Fulham are actually playing on Friday against Leeds as well. So I think because the games are all structured in a different way, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. Newcastle had a massive chance last night to, to sort of put a bit of distance between, uh, between themselves and bottom three by winning that game, putting a bit of pressure on. 
I just don't think they were set up right. And, and I think that's the, that's the frustration for me. That's the big frustration for me that they just, they just at the moment seem, Steve Bruce is sort of thinking, right, we'll go back to safety first. Don't concede, don't lose, don't lose games. And we'll pick up the points that we need to get to kind of 37, 38 points towards the end of the season. But I'm not seeing it. You know, I, 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 I I'm hoping that when they, you know, let's be honest, they've regressed massively in the last two games because they haven't got Almiron, they haven't got ASM, they haven't got Wilson. And that that's 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 big. You know, I think they would have won one of these two games with those three players involved. Almiron, you know, running at that Villa defence, I think he would have, you know, it would have made a difference. Some maximum there is the difference maker. Wilson, you know, being scoring the goals, it would have made a difference, no doubt about it, in my in my opinion. I think they would have they would have been much more of a threat. But with what they have got, I don't think they did enough in the last two games. Um, and that was shown by the fact that at the end, when they were going for it, Villa did look vulnerable. You know, when Jacob Murphy came on, Villa looked vulnerable. They could have got something from that and they could have got three points from the match. So, you know, it, it's a really weird situation at the moment because it just doesn't feel like, I mean, we were talking last night, I, I thought one nil down in my head. I'm thinking, do the Saturday shift. This could be the day. This could be the day that they, they decide to make the change. But then, I think in the kind of cold light of day, I don't think even that would have persuaded them to make the change. And that's the weird situation. I don't think he's under any any pressure unless it gets really, really grim. And even then, it would probably be get rid of him. Graham Jones comes in. So they're in such a strange position because, you know, the fans are fed up. The players look as if they're just trying to get to the end of the season and accumulate points, as, as Steve Bruce would say. And we're just in a weird situation. It doesn't feel, I know people keep saying it's like 2016 or it's like 2008. It just doesn't feel like that to me because you forget 2016, Newcastle were up against it. They were they were down there trying to get their heads above water. In 2008, it was the same situation. They hadn't won enough games trying to get their head above water. Newcastle had such a sort of, you know, fairly decent start to the season that they, they're actually in a good position coming into Christmas that, you know, they didn't need to pick up massive wins but they certainly couldn't afford to go through a run of two wins in 19 i mean the fact that they're still out of the bottom three despite the fact that they've had that run shows you at the start of the season they would have been okay newcastle decided not to act they're not going to act now i don't think unless it gets really really grim so we're kind of sat here thinking can they get those points and i think we're just all going through and picking out games where they can go and get them but the way they've played in the last three games I don't think I'm confident about next weekend. I think that will be a draw at best. Brighton will go for them as well. Um, and then we are, you know, getting into international break with with a really tough run of fixtures. Burnley away is the one that you would target and say they win that one. But Burnley away, they've not had a great record um, there. It's been very mixed. I know they won under under Benitez, but it's been pretty mixed record there, really, in, in, last, few, in the last few years. Um, and Burnley know know how to dog out wins, you know, do Newcastle. I mean, that's the one thing you would say yesterday that yes, they probably do because the cells got the got the header. And um that's why I'm saying it feels different from 2018 and uh, sorry, 2016 and 2008, because you didn't you didn't have a dressing room fighting like the dressing room are fighting this time. It's just whether the tactics and whether the personnel are good enough to get them out of it. I'd put uh, the table Mark was talking about there. And he's got Sheffield United, West Brom, Brighton going down in Newcastle, 17th on 36 points. So, fingers crossed, the table doesn't look too dissimilar to that and Newcastle do manage to survive. You mentioned there, had they lost last night and maybe there would have been questions about Cyprus's future. But then again, you know, would they have been the, the, the hierarchy don't seem to want to act? 
do you think they've been burned or Mike Ashley's had his fingers burned when you look back at that relegation 2008 and 9 uh, and then the, the, the Rafa Benitez relegation, the fact that it, he did change it and it didn't work, um, do you think he's had his fingers burned by that? Even though the argument, and it's a valid one, is that he acted too slow in both the cases, uh, you know, both the previous relegations. Well, if he is, and I, th- I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think Newcastle's attitude to this is that they want to try and get to the end of the season, stay in the Premier League and sort of reassess. I mean, obviously, Ashley's trying to get this takeover over the line, which, you know, is is his big thing. So he, he won't want to spend the amount of money that it's going to cost to bring in another manager. And I think probably they haven't done much due diligence. I wouldn't feel they've probably done any due diligence on who would come in as a manager instead of, instead of Steve Bruce. But is there this massive list of candidates out there that, that they think are going to be better than what they've got? Well, you know, I would argue that, that a new manager would be a fresh voice and those kind of things as well. But they would argue that, that no, you know, that that's that's not necessarily the case. We haven't got a world-class manager like Rafa Benitez waiting in the wings. And when we did do it in 2008, 2016, it made a difference. 2016, they were too late. They left it far too late. Rafa Benitez probably could have... Um, come in a, a bit earlier. I mean, you know, he hadn't been out of the job at Real Madrid for too long, but if he had have come in a little bit earlier than that, I think they would have they would have beaten the drop that season. 2008, they were just all over the place. Um, they actually weren't that far away from staying up in 2008 as well. Um, Alan Shearer will probably admit himself that he made mistakes um, when he came in. He tried to change things too quickly, but even then, they got the win against Middlesbrough. I think they only then needed to see out a game against Fulham, was it? I can't remember Fulham or Stoke, I can't remember. I can't, it's, it's burned in my memory the final day of the season, but there was definitely a, a point before then. And against Villa on the final day of the season when, you know, neither team really looked that bothered. They only need to get a point then and they would have stayed up and they didn't. So they could have, you know, it's a false argument, really. I think probably the biggest thing in my Cassidy's head is the money that it would cost to change manager right now. Is he going to get the benefit from bringing somebody in? You know, I mean, Rafa, um, sorry, Steve Bruce was mortally offended by Lee Ryder mentioning Eddie Howe early in the season. But, uh, but I suppose Eddie Howe, they would say, well, he took Bournemouth down last season. So is he the right man to, to bring them in? Um, I don't know. You know, I, to me, at the moment, it feels as if they've made their decision. You know, I mean, I got, um, you know, I got kind of, I, I said last week they were sticking their um, fingers in their ears and was assured by, because United, that's not the case. They do know that they're in trouble and they, they are trying to do things behind the scenes to, to change it. But the biggest thing they could have done is, is change manager earlier when it was clear that things were going in the wrong direction. Um, I will give credit to, to Bruce and to the, you know, the, the, the coaching staff that they definitely have looked better since Graham Jones came in. They haven't in the last two games, but I wonder whether that's just because of the players that they're missing in terms of injuries. Um, my big hope is that they go back in when those players come back in they then start to play a little bit better. They start to play like they did in the previous games and, and we'll be okay. But um, at the moment, you know, I, I I feel Fulham are on the rise and it's a question of whether Brighton can beat Southampton tomorrow. And if they can, that's a massive game changer because I don't expect Fulham to pick up anything against Man City tonight. Um, although, you know, obviously they got an unexpected win against Liverpool, which, you know, has changed the picture again. It's really Brighton. I think they're the ones this weekend that I'm... I'm most worried about because Southampton is is a winnable game for them, and they've been unlucky. Brighton, they're, you know, their expected goals is is much higher than where they are in the league, and that's that's probably Newcastle's is probably about where they are. So um, Brighton at the moment are worrying me a little bit, although they're on a terrible run of form as well. 
Yeah, Brighton should be fifth in the league if you believe all that expected goals nonsense. Fifth, yeah. 45 points. I spoke to their reports to our colleague down in Sussex the other day, and he was explaining about how they may be underachieved in terms of what the stats tell them. Question there from Paul James, Mark. Do you think it's now too late to change manager? He feels um, that time has passed. Sorry, I just interrupted you there before we finished. Um, not that the uh, happens happens sometimes when we're watching Newcastle, doesn't it? Um, I, I I think that um, it, it's probably is it too late? I mean, this was the run of games. Yeah, I, I, I can see that because this was the run of games where you felt you could have got a new manager bounce. Wolves, West Brom. Um, Villa and then Brighton was the four games where you know if they'd have made the change or brought new players in they could have they could have potentially you know I think made made a big difference there um, yeah it does feel a little bit like that to me although I think if they'd have lost yesterday there would have been some big questions and, and I think what would ha- what would likely happen if they get to the point where they do start to worry about Steve, Steve Bruce and they start under making the change would be Graham Jones I think who would, who would come in and, and take interim charge because you know he has done you know he, he's made a decent impression down the training ground already um and he's he would probably be seen as the next man capable because he he has tried to get them playing a different way um yeah so i, I do think possibly it, it is too late i think that anybody coming in now what with sort of what was it nine ten games to go ten games isn't it for newcastle now and, and, and Fulham, they would look at and say well if i don't keep you up what's my prospects after that, you know, because an Eddie Howe isn't going to want to come in for 10 games. A Sam Allardyce, you might get to come in for 10 games or somebody else. But I don't think, you know, a, a manager who's got a decent reputation is going to want to come in for 10 games and not want to know what, what the plans were for after the season, which I think is part of the reason why the Newcastle haven't haven't made the change because they haven't got the answers to those questions. You know, would, would Eddie Howe want to come in? I mean, we, you know, I think Paul Mercer mentioned Stephen Gerrard last, last week, wasn't it? And, you know, the, the tweet went sort of viral um, on our uh, on our on our Twitter feed. People saying, "Why would Stephen Gerrard want to come in and stuff?" And, and I think that's exactly exactly true. You know, I, he's not going to want to come in. He's not going to want to leave, leave Rangers in the situation they are in to come into Newcastle. Um, so you're not going to make a, a good decision. I don't think a good strategic decision. The time for that was earlier. I think there was the flag, wasn't it? The war flags put out. That you know, act late, seal your fate. I think they probably have acted late, or they haven't. They haven't acted. And if they did act now, it probably would be too late. So, um, so yeah, I think I mean probably they have left it too late. It doesn't mean that it might not be the right thing to do, but I think they probably have left it too late. And what we can hope is that when the players, the thing that I'm hoping is when the players come back, things will change. Um, just on that, the fact that Steve Bruce yesterday said about the players returning, so that's on St. Maximum and Wilson, and he said it should give us something to focus on. Now, to me, that didn't sit too well because you can, I mean, you can tip that many ways, but the way I saw it was, is he kind of saying, well, we've kind of just kind of a limp over the, the line to them returning, wow. but there's still points to play for. And they might not even be back that first game after the international break. And you've still got Brighton. You've had the previous uh, three games. I mean, where you speak to people who cover Fulham and there is this belief that they go out and they win games. That's, that's their aim. And I just... I struggle to see that with Newcastle. They don't seem confident in themselves. Yeah, Steve Bruce's press conferences are, you know, I don't know whether it's just his natural, his natural sort of way that he is. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of covered Sunderland when he was the manager there. And obviously he's been here now for a couple of years as well. And um, I'm not sure, it, it, I've just started to notice it the last few weeks. I think possibly because 
these are must-win games. The way that he talks about the team and the way, you know, he, it's all hopefully, you know, maybe we'll have to see what happens, those kind of things. And my language matters. We know language matters. I'd like to see some of the passion that he puts into, with the greatest respect, attacking the media and attacking his critics. I talk about the games like that. You know, he's very, as soon as he talks about people having a go at him or people having a go at the team or people having a go at Newcastle, or the local media, it's very much like this is a disgrace. You know, you can see the passion in his, in his, um, you know, in his voice and in his face. He's, you know, he's affronted by that criticism of him. But then he talks about the man. It's hopefully we'll win the game. And you know, I, I'm sure behind the closed doors there is the passion and there's those kind of things. Maybe he just needs to think about the message that he's projecting. You know, I know Raffle wasn't the biggest tub thumper in the world. He wasn't, but there was that kind of quiet surety to, to Rafa. We'll do what we need to do and we'll 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 stay up. I'm sure we will. Um, you know, but th this is a bit more like the McLaren sort of way of choosing your words carefully because if you say it's a must win and you lose, are people going to attack me? You know, I think there's a bit of that with Steve Bruce. He feels like he's a little bit hunted, if you will, is the right word. And he I think he totally tones down what he says because he feels like he doesn't want to set himself up for those headlines of must win game has been lost. Um, but yeah, it do, I think it does project. I mean, Scott Parker, you know, it was like the other week when, you know, I saw a little bit of that fire in Steve Bruce when Scott Parker said, we're hunting down, you know, something like, I don't think he even said we're hunting down Newcastle. It was like, you know, we know that we're, we're, we're you know, we're going for them or something. It was like that. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, definitely wasn't. a And he kind of snapped back and said, well, we'll see where they are at the end of the season. And I thought, no, you need, you know, is that the right message? I'm not sure. Um so, yeah, I, I do wonder, and I wonder whether that sometimes comes across in the, in the formation. There's no doubt from my mind last week, to me, where, you know, what he, what has been a successful tactic for Steve Bruce in his season and a half until his, this really bad run was, whenever things weren't going well, is he went back to safety first. We'll try and we'll dog out as the points where we can get them. And, and, and it worked. They bounced back in style. And they kind of did that against Everton and then obviously lost the Palace, which I think, is, by the way, is going to be the, if they go down, that's the day they went down. Is Paris losing that game when they played really well? That was that was just unbelievable. So wasteful for Newcastle to lose that game. But then to play against Southampton, it felt like he's getting the reaction he needs out of them. The fact that Fulham came roaring back with the kind of Scott Parker's attitude of "We are going to stay up. I'm confident we're going to do everything we can to stay up." And Fulham, by the way, as a club, went into January and did the business that they needed to do. They got some good players in in January. Newcastle got Joe Willock. And to be fair to Steve Bruce, he said, he said to the board, and could do with more players here, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And they blocked it. They, they said, there's no money. We haven't got the money to do it. So you have to, to go with what you've got. We've got enough here. You know, we've got strikers that we need to stay up. They haven't scored since Wilson's been, oh, sorry, they've scored one goal from all themselves. No other strikers have scored um, since, since Wilson's, um, since, since Wilson was, uh, was injured. That's the worry, isn't it? That's the worry that, that you've got is Newcastle, I think, were, they would argue not, but I think they've been guilty of complacency. They lost that game to Sheffield United. That was the moment, I think, that things started to go really, really wrong because the performance was just dreadful. After, at that point, they should have realised we could be in a dogfight here, but they looked at the table, I think, and they saw it was nine points or something with a seven points, eight points, whatever it was. I think it got to 11 points at one point, didn't it? And they just thought, we're not going to go down. We're not going to get dragged into it. We've got enough points. The accumulation of points they talk about. And I think now they're in a dogfight. January's passed. They haven't got the chance. They can't change manager anymore. They've lost key players. 
And I think they found themselves in a dogfight that they didn't expect. The one positive that I've got is that the players are clearly still battling. You know, you saw the, how they did in the last few minutes. They could have got their heads could have gone down. They didn't. They kept battling. Um, and that gives me a bit of hope. Um, and I don't think he's lost the dressing room. You know, that was the kind of talk, wasn't it, the other week? He's lost the dressing room. The dressing room was split. But the way that they're playing suggests that, you know, I think it's a complex thing to say that they've lost the dressing room. You kind of lose bits of the dressing room, probably. And there are probably players in there who are really annoyed with him. Um, but he's not lost the dressing room. He's still fighting for him. Um, and now those are the kind of things that you just hope hope are going well. But it's 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 ridiculous. We're in this situation. And, and you know, I'd be lying if I sat here and said I was confident they were going to stay up. Um, hopeful. And I still think they've got the edge. Um, but we'll see where they are by Monday because it could, could be a different story by then. It certainly could have. Fulham beat City and then Brighton beat Southampton. You mentioned there the fight that was on show last night. We heard Kieran Clark kind of screaming as the, the goal went in and Lascelles looked like he just won a cup final. And of course, the man who assisted Lascelles, who put the ball in the box, was, was Murphy. And Steve Presley here says, I thought Murphy was excellent coming on. I think he should start the next game. But I'm thinking the formation needs to change to suit Murphy. And he would also bring Carl in, sort of suit the big the big man up top as well. What, what do you think of that, Mark? Yeah, well, I would like to see that. But it's not going to happen, is it? Because um, the way that Steve Bruce is talking, he's going to stick with this split strikers situation that he talked about. I mean, I've not really heard of that formation so much before. It's not one not one that I'd I'd heard of too much. But it it's, it looks to me like a kind of four three three with a sort of false. I mean, who knows? It looks like a false nine almost because he's not playing quite as a. Um, a, a traditional number nine, but Callum Wilson was playing us. Um, but you've got—I think Murphy's got to come in. I think he's got to come in. He looked—he looked lively. I think he's been unlucky the last few weeks. Um, I'd like to see Matty Longstaff involved again as well. You know, the bit—the energy there. John Joe Shelby's—you know—I I don't think he's getting as involved. I know, I know that Steve Bruce will, will be playing him because he feels like he's—you know—he's he's got the experience and he's—you know—he's done it before. But I just worry. I do worry that, that that you know they were a bit too pedestrian in there at times, um, and that to me is is what what worries me. You know, um, that's what worries me is that they just get he sticks with what he knows for Brighton, and maybe go there and get get another point. Um, but are they doing it at the expense of maybe going with a slightly more exciting lineup, a, a long staff in there, you know, a Jacob Murphy, somebody like that, and maybe even Andy, maybe even Andy Carroll. I think when he came on. He, he did, you know, he, he showed a bit, he showed a little bit more than um, than, than we'd seen from Newcastle before. Then if you get Jacob Murphy in there, like you said, Andy Carroll, maybe uh, maybe attacking crosses, it's something different, isn't it? It gives teams something to worry about. Um, but he's only had three or four minutes in the last two games. So I think it's pretty clear that he, he's not going to make that change. I think it'll be Gale, whether Gale, um, whether Gale plays or whether Hendrick plays next week. Um you know, and, and and he leaves himself open to criticism then, doesn't he? Because if they don't win, it'll be the same thing that we're talking about now. Will be the same argument on um, on Sunday morning next week as well. I mean, with that system, okay. So he says we're going to continue, you know, using it. That's what he replied to when Lee Ryder asked him last night. I think for many though, it's not even a case of changing the system. It's just playing Dwight Gale in the centre and Ryan Fraser. Oh, on the wing, because, and I, I wrote a piece that will be going on the website later, because if you look at the stats and you look back at the game last night, they were moving instinctively into those positions. Mm. So we can kind of all see it, and you go on social media, I think we've all said it, journalists as well, Dwight Gale 
is just ineffective when he's played out in a wide position, which, okay, suits Callum Wilson because that's his style of play. It doesn't suit Dwight Gale at all. So if you don't want to change the system, okay, don't, but at least put Gale into the centre and give him a chance of being a poacher, you know, getting the ball and give him a chance of actually firing on goal. Where's he scored all his goals? What's the position where he scored all his goals in the Championship? and scored goals last season for Newcastle. It's through the middle. That that's where he plays. It's gonna it's gonna be this is gonna be the big the big question now for Newcastle in the next few in the next few games is whether this system that he sort of thinks plays the way that he wants to play, the gloves are off, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's whether this is going to get the points that you need. Because like you said, it's like we're kind of sitting here debating all these things. I think fans have got this feeling as well on, on social media. We're sitting debating, should they play, should they just, but we know what they're going to do. We know what the club are going to do. We, it's almost like the Bruce out thing has lost a little bit of its momentum because fans know it's not realistic at the moment. It's not going to happen because the club, who they just have lost all faith in, are not going to make that change. Um, and it's like the same with this formation thing. We know the 4-3-3 is going to be, maybe you be tinkering around the edges, He's not going to make the, the big change to change tactically. Um, and, and my worry with that is that opposition managers know it as well. And they know how to set up against Newcastle. When you haven't got Almira, when you haven't got St Maximum, they're a bit more predictable. They're a bit more pedestrian. And they were very much were pedestrian for the first 60, 70 minutes last, or 60 minutes last night. Which is why I think if you're going to do nothing else, just bring Murphy in because he's something <laughs> different. And he can play in the formation that you've got. You know, that, that, that you've got. I mean, he, he, you know, He's not always the most consistent, and I think that's why he's not in the team more more often. But he's got a bit of something about him as well. Um, it's why you know I tweeted about Elliot Anderson last night. You know, look, I don't see Elliot Anderson every day in training, so I don't know. Maybe he's not. You know, maybe there are other players ahead of him in training. But my point about Elliot Anderson, the point about Matty Longstaff, is it's like it adds something different that opposition managers don't know about. You know, I would have. I think if I was an opposition manager, I'd quite happily played against. Newcastle in the first half because they weren't going to score goals. They, they weren't going to threaten you. They were quite difficult to break open, fair enough. But you, I don't think Graham Potter will be looking at the, the first half of last week and think of this, sorry, yesterday and thinking, well, there's anything to worry about there. And that's, that's, the, that's the big concern, I think, for me, looking, looking into these games. Where are, you know, where are the, 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 you know, where, where are they going to surprise teams? They do when they've got, Almir, and they do when they've got some maximum teams. Look, they struggled to play against them when those two when those two are in full flow. Um, but I don't think it's difficult to play against the Newcastle that we saw last night. But even with those three players in the likes of Wilson, Almiron, and uh, Miguel, uh, St. Maximum, sorry, they still only picked up two wins in that time. Do you know what I mean? So they yes, they beat Everton, they beat Southampton, but they still haven't picked up the wins. So the- I think some fans look at it and say, well. Yeah, okay, we're missing them, but it's not like everything was was rosy and the flowers were coming up, you know, um, when they were playing, when they were fit. No, but you have, you can't, but I think it's fair to say, and I understand that, you know, and and when he uh, when he talks about not having some, uh, you know, some maximum in particular, I kind of feel a little bit like, you know, you did, you were going to drop him, and Almiron couldn't always get in the team. Wilson, fair enough, you know, he was always he, he's always been been in there. But having said that, when they played the way that they're playing at the moment and you had those three involved. You know, as much as, even if you're the biggest critic of Steve Bruce, you have to con- you have to concede they were playing better and they had much more threat in that period of time. They definitely did. You know, from about the second half of Leeds, 
until the West Brom game, it was a different Newcastle. And they didn't, you know, they lost they lost some games there. They lost to Palace, um, but um, you know, they lost to Manchester United, obviously. But even in the Manchester United game, I mean, Chelsea they, they were awful in that game. I, I, I wouldn't really include that one in there. But Manchester United, the first forty five minutes, they were they went ahead. Should have been two one ahead. You know, they did play well in that game, um, and you know, they played well against Southampton. Then, you know, should have beaten. Um, should have, you know, should have won more games. I think should have picked up more points than, than they did in that game. So, you know, I, I I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, he hasn't done enough with. And the reason why I kind of am, you know, I'm feel the way I do about the manager is because they didn't do enough when they did have those players involved. And they they were far too conservative in so many of those games, and and they're now paying for that because you know they need to get points and they need to get players. They need they need to get points. And, on the board with without their best players now, and that's the biggest worry for me. Is, is that you know they, they, they now find themselves in a situation they shouldn't be in. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean, but you can't say that they weren't in a better shape for the last in the last three games than they have. Got someone here, Mark Gordon, saying you sound like you do a good job in the dugout. Back <laughs> to the job. Yeah. I don't know um, about that. Mate. The just championship one. manager game is uh, last last championship manager game is, didn't go as well as I, I hope so. Maybe. <laughs> just going back to those comments about him kind of saying we've got to focus on getting to a stage and then welcome back those those three players. What message does that send out to the players who have come in and replaced them? Because I mean, we've got Paul here who says if I was a player coming in to replace any of those three, I'd be working. A backside off to maintain my place, and he only saw it from Murphy last night. And I can see that I don't think anyone's coming in and really done enough. But at the same time, if you're hearing that and you're thinking, well, even if I do enough, am I just going to get booted out when all three of them are fit? What do you what, what do you what do you make of that? I think it's a difficult one because you know nobody. You've got to say I understand. You know the. the that you, you can make a point, you can make a you can make a point that you know why aren't you using why aren't you building up your players a little bit more? But I don't think there'll be anybody in that dressing room, in all seriousness, who doesn't know that those three players are their three best players, pretty much outfield players anyway. Um, and so I think they won't there won't be a sort of idea of oh well why isn't he talking about me? There might be one or two who feel like well why aren't you giving me a chance? And I think Andy Carroll certainly feels like that. I think. Um, yeah, Matt Ritchie probably feels like that. I think Matty Longstaff, Sean Longstaff would be wondering why they can't get in the team, those kind of things. But in terms of him, you know, I think he's just, you know, with that one, I would kind of say, say, you know, he is telling the, he's telling the truth and he's being honest that those three players are absolutely key. What I think is unfair sometimes is, is you know, you see some players getting chance upon chance upon chance to, to, to kind of keep going. Um, you know, John Joe Shelby would be one. Um, Jeff Hendrick until recently was getting a lot of games, despite the fact that he was playing that well. Um, but I think there were others who seem to be in and out of the team. I mean, Sean Longstaff's got a good run, but he's not been, you know, he's not not had a chance to do um, to do anything recently. Matty Longstaff, I mean, I just I'm totally and utterly bewildered by what's gone on there because I think he's done he did well in the games that he that he played in, um, but he's been in my opinion, you know, I'm fairly, I'm fairly overlooked in the last few weeks as well. Um, and then I've mentioned about Elliot Anderson, who could possibly make a difference as well. Um, but I, I don't think, you know, he's probably telling any state secrets to, to say that those three players, as soon as they're fit, will be in the team. Um, I was shocked that he was going to drop 
Alan Sir Maximum before the Crystal Palace game. And there was a lot of like feeding in, wasn't there? Like, oh, he's not lifting his, not lifting a finger in training. It's like, come on, you know, he's your best player. He's your biggest creative asset. He's the only player who makes a difference. Play him, nurture him, look after him. You've done that for the first season that you were here. So don't be ridiculous, you know, to keep playing him. And same with Almiron. Why, why Almiron wasn't playing the position he's played the last five to ten games. That's been the big difference. I talked about the game after since Leeds United the second half. Um, that's Almiron being shifted into a, a position that, that suits him. And suddenly he looks like a, a great player and Newcastle look like they've got so much more about them. So it's not it's not difficult, is it? It's not difficult. It doesn't feel like that difficult to me that, that you play your best players in the positions that they're best in. And, you know, you're going to look more dangerous than you, than you do when you, uh, when you mess around. No, indeed. And the final question mark, we'll finish on that dreaded subject, which is takeover. We had last week, um, Newcastle lose, lost out in the high court to have the chairman of the arbitration panel removed. Um, it, I guess that coming out and being public kind of sent a message to the consortium, especially the public investment fund, that, you know, for Mike Ashley, he's determined to sell this club and he's determined to sell it to, to one group and one group only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which actually has, has caused a bit of, um, you know, there have been a few people um, sort of ask about alternative bidders and, um, you know, I think probably a few people who, who want to buy the club or who have mentioned, who've tried to buy the club have been put off by the fact that he does, he does seem wedded to the idea of the Saudi consortium. And I think that's probably because he's, he's you know, heard what we all heard in the summer about what their plans were for for the club and what also the, um, you know, what, what also he, he, potential retail uh, benefits that he might get from from working with the Saudis as well. So, yeah, it feels to me like, you know, this is the key period, isn't it? We, we did in a podcast earlier, we said the spring was going to be key. I think now people can kind of see what I meant by that, the arbitration is um is is going to be not too far away i don't think arbitration will will happen in the next um few months i think it'll probably happen in you know before uh before the summer or um you know a point over the summer and then it's where where you go from there there's been even some talk of the pif getting involved in in inter milan which is you know will will have worried mike ashley because you know I, i do wonder whether you know it's gone on long enough and i remember talking to people in the summer about it and they said you know one thing will be, can you, you know, they, they, they've walked away. Can you maintain their interest for long enough? If it goes on for another year, it goes on for another two years. What are they, you know, the plans that they have in place, you know, are they going to just look at it and say, this is, you know, this, this, this doesn't make sense. But having said that, I think, you know, for me, um, they, they'll, you know, it's better for them now. They talked about the commercial uncertainty of, um, of, uh, you know, potentially, Taking over a time of a pandemic and they're being, you know, taking it taking a while um, for, for, for it all to happen. And, and they said, you know, it no longer makes economic sense for us to invest. So now they're moving on a year. It's kind of March 2021. Richard Masters is talking about full stadiums from next season. There'll be 10,000 fans in the final game this season. You're going to know a little bit more about what you're taking on. There's a bit more certainty there. So I, I, I do think they'll stay at the table if they feel there's a way through. When they know what happens with arbitration, if it's found in Newcastle's favour, then the big questions start again. And, um, you know, I think what was good about last week, and we've mentioned it before, you know, I know there's a lot of cynics out there saying the takeover's dead. Why do you keep covering it? What are you doing? This, that and the other. But I think last weekend showed 
didn't it? That it's still there, it's still bubbling away. It's still the biggest issue for the club. Where it would have been if relegation hadn't become such a massive, um, such a massive, massive issue. That now I think arguably the bigger issue because um, if they go down, then it affects everything around the takeover. But it shows that this thing is still going on, and um, you know, as much as people might might kind of groan and roll their eyes at it, it it's still there. And until we know the the arbitration, until we know where we're going with that, then I don't think the club can move on as a whole from it. Um, so we need a resolution. We've said that for a while. The gears of arbitration and the legal machinations were always going to take a while. It was always going to be in the long run when the um, sort of second political phase, when they tried to put pressure on to get the Premier League to change the mood, it's always going to take a while. And, and sure enough, it has. And um, this whole season's going to play out, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll probably have have some uh, kind of you know biting our fingernails at the the way that the season's the way the season's going to go, and then. Once we um, once once we get there, we can start talking about the takeover properly in the summer again.